When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coverband Central Wisdom Hour number 10. I'm Steve Witchell coming to you from New Orleans. Hey, and Tony Byner coming to you from sunny New Jersey. Yes, sir. How's it going? Sunny? Is it sunny today? Sunny, man. It was, it's been like a heat wave up here the past couple of days. It's been nice. I saw that. Uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Tomorrow it starts to cool down. But it's been in the 90s. It's been like blistering hot. Very nice. It's been uh, rainy here. Rain every day, at least part of every day. Uh, right. So this is, I, I just said to you for now, I'll just say, I mean, we we are live on the Cover Band Central page, so I'm just making sure yeah. that the that the uh, link is there, and it is, and I am just changing the wording there, and it's done. It's done Updating. now. Updating. See that? Done. Quick and easy. Done. And so if you're listening to us live... Feel free to comment, ask questions, whatever you want. Be a part of the show, man. It's a show. We have an audience, don't we, Tony? We do. Get involved. It's growing. Yeah. Um, we've been getting um, some feedback from some people that are um, gleaning some good information from us, believe it or not, and um, sending us their updates. So we started a couple weeks ago with this guy, Dan. Um, who has a band called the Clanky Lincolns, and he uh, sent us a whole thing um, uh, with links to his videos and uh, some audio clips and uh, and then his set list, and we went through that a couple weeks ago. And then, uh, you know, we gave some pretty honest feedback, I think, and um, he responded to us, and he was appreciative. Um, did you, you read that email, yeah? Oh yeah, no. He definitely took you know, he he took the, the information that we we shared with him and he applied it you know in, in different ways and he refined what he was doing and he's you know he's definitely in it to win it. So he's you know he's taking any type of of uh, constructive criticism or advice or, or or you know suggestions. He's taking them to heart and he's implementing them, which is great. Yeah, um, it's really key, man. I think in this industry, especially if you want to succeed at stuff like this, um, take criticism from people, take, um, their objective opinions, um, and don't let it affect your ego or affect your confidence because, um, you know, people, a lot of people that tell you that will want to, are trying to help you. Um, cause usually if somebody doesn't really care about you, they're not going to say, Hey, you should change this to make, make, uh, your, your show better. Um, they're just not going to say anything, but people that do say something, um, you know, take it to heart and, and, um, uh, and don't take it personally and let it, you know, shake you, but actually take that information and use it. So this guy's being really proactive with it by listening to our show and then, um, checking out other things on cover band central and, and taking this stuff into with the band and, and working on it. So, um, they still, they're playing a, a gig next month. So we'll uh, check in then when he does that. Yeah, and to touch on what you're saying, you know, the, the the excitement and the passion of doing it and, and, you know, the enthusiasm, you know, and criticism that comes with it, both good and bad, you can't let it go to your head, right? So, I mean, you don't want to take constructive, you know, praise, for example, if someone says, that was great, you guys are the best band I've ever heard, that, guy's, that guy was killing it, this and that, it's all great, but you can't let it go to your head, the same way that if someone says, well, you this and that and the other thing, you know, sometimes people give you constructive criticism. Sometimes people just give you their opinion, you know, and it depends on where that information is coming from, how much value, you know, you have to put on it. Sure. And also to not take it personally as an attack on, on you, but to look at it objectively, like you said, it's just information, right? Right. 
So that's really important to, to keep in mind that, you know, always remember why we're doing it, right? There's always going to be people that are going to be, you know, real, uh, you know, they're going to love what you're doing and support it. And there's going to be other people who are going to, you know, give you honest opinions. And there's going to be people that are just going to be, you know, mean. So you have to select what you want to listen to, you know, and filter it accordingly. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. And, and being proactive with that, too, is, is really key. Um, so he um, wrote back and uh, he said he that he refined his audio clips and put a widget on his website. But I went to the website just now and I didn't see it there. So, oh, wait, there it is. Okay. It's in the, yeah, okay. It's it's uh, the clankylinkins.com uh, for anybody who wants to check them out. And there's a, yeah, there is a little widget in the bottom right-hand corner that I didn't notice the first time. That didn't pop out of me. That's weird. I mean, it was there, but it just didn't jump out at me that that was the audio widget. It's almost like when you were a kid and your mother would say, you know, it's in the cabinet. You'd open the cabinet and say, <laughs> where is it? I don't see it. Right what? in front of your face, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's cool. And then uh, we were contacted by another gentleman, Sam Swanson, who um, wrote us a, a short email. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. I, I kid. Uh, Sam is taking this seriously, man. He is really into this. He wrote us a very, very long email, which he obviously put a lot of time and care into what he very, wanted to say very, yeah. and how he wanted to say it. Um, probably the longest email I've ever received in my life. But I will say it was like a, it was like someone writing a letter, you know, as if in the olden days you had written a letter to somebody, you know, and it wasn't just a quick email blast this is what i'm doing cool check it out it was you know it had body to it and thought you know to your point time and effort that went into it so thanks yeah thanks for sending that in for sure and it was i think it needed to be that long to get the thought out you know fully to understand right his position which is great right um but i do really appreciate when people talk to me whether it's um for for us for doing the, the podcast or um, on Cover Band Central, and they address, they use, um, you know, proper uh, grammar and spelling, and they're respectful. Um, they, they address people, you know, respectfully, because um, sometimes people will send emails and just not do that. Um, and in fact, so I get, I'll get emails on Cover Band Central where people won't say anything. They'll just put a link to their band or their video and just like, here's my band. You know, and not actually realize you're talking to a person. Um, so, you know, that's an important etiquette to uh, keep in practice when you're communicating online. Um, and in general, right, we lose sight of that because it's so easy to communicate via text or email or, you know, yeah. and that personal interaction and the personal touch to put on that communication is what's really important. You know, and it's, it was it was good to see all those things you said. Yeah, and Sam taking it seriously like a business, and he's he's checking what he wrote. You know what I mean? And he's he's, he's proofreading it, and it's you yeah. know it's, it's time and effort put into it, and it shows. Yeah, it's always details, you know. Yeah, and a lot of time and effort clearly put into his project, his band. They're called Handsome okay. Young Handsome Young Ladies, which I love that name. Yeah, um, me too. It's cool, and they have a a really good picture. Um, uh, that is not like a typical band looking picture. I mean, they're standing on a street, and there's wires behind them, but they look good. They're dressed nice. Um, and they, uh, there's a promo, uh, audio, a couple of promo audio clips on their website. And I just listened before we, we, uh, started talking and it's, it sounds really good. Uh, the band sounds really good. Good, uh, song choices. They're just snippets of songs in this. It's about a two minute promo. Um, and, uh, performance vocals, everything just sounds really perfect. good. That's what you need. You know, it's what you want quick, you know, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. But you know, variety quickly. Uh, so you don't lose interest, you know? Yeah. So Sam hats off to you, man, for, um, thanks for listening to us and, uh, and for all the work you're doing with your band. Uh, we're definitely going to keep tabs on you as well and, uh, follow your journey, man. It's really cool that you're, uh, you're reaching out to us and including us in your journey. Um, yes. And thanks for sharing and supporting us. Yeah. So I, um, I, I, I didn't, um, speaking of sharing, I didn't. We're doing this on a site called Spreaker, uh, the podcast, and um, I have the ability to share it on other platforms, including iTunes, which I hadn't done. And I, 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 for some 
reason. I thought it was just automatic, and then I was like, okay, no. Um, so I had to go in there and submit it to iTunes, and it has to be approved. So um, for our podcast to be included in iTunes, um, mm. they they need to review it and approve it. And so we're, uh, you know, this is our 10th episode, so at least shows that we're serious about what we're doing. Um, and, but I have not heard back yet, and that was a couple of days ago. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully uh, it will work. It's under review, Steve. Yes. Um, but that will certainly broaden our audience. Um, oh, yeah. Which would be cool. Um, I love that people are, are getting in touch with us, and I encourage it. Anybody else that's listening and wants to uh, send us their band, their band information, what their project, whatever they're doing, if they uh, want some tips or pointers, uh, we're here, and uh, we'd love to check you out. And it's just as, as simple as that, as just getting in touch with us and being polite, being professional, and you know, having your all your stuff together. And um, it's as easy as that as that. What's that, dude? I said uh, building your network, you know, expanding uh, your network as well. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this last night because I, I got an email at Cover Band Central uh, last night. It was relatively late last night. Um, it was like 10 or 11 uh, Central Time. And um, this guy – and I've been share, I've been trying every day to sh- make sure I share videos on the page um, of, of you guys out there playing. If I happen across a good video – um, just by browsing on my timeline, or um, if somebody sends me one that's really good, um, I'll share it. So uh, a dude uh, sent me an email last night and said, I'm seeing that you're sharing a bunch of videos. How can I get my video shared? My name is blah, 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 and I play in this band, blah, 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 and here's a link to my video. Um, so I checked it out, and it was just kind of a clip of a song, but it sounded good. So I wrote him back pretty quickly. After Send two hundred dollars to <laughs> to Tony Bonnard. <laughs> <laughs> Do not tell Steve Witchell. However, you can send it to me, and I will get it posted for you. Right. Um, <laughs> and I yeah, I wrote it back, and I asked him if he had a a, a, a clip of a full song rather than just a, a you know forty second um, snippet. Because when I'm posting videos on there, I'd rather have a full song for somebody to sit and really watch it and listen to it. Um, and he got back to me right away and he had pretty much a full song and it was the same song, uh, but just a different, um, gig. And, uh, and I shared it, uh, and I was, I was like, this is great. And I shared it right away and I told him I was going to share it right away. So what I was thinking last night, it's just, it's really just that simple to get yourself out there to other people. If that's what you want to do. Um, if you want to, um, expand your network, like you were saying on, and especially online, just be proactive. Communicate with people. Ask. Sometimes you have to just ask, and you'll get what you want. Um, don't be afraid to ask. Does this guy just all he did was ask me how How do I get that on there? I said, okay, it's good, and I'll do it right now. You know, very little effort on his part. Yeah, nothing mentioned, nothing gained, right? You always, you know, the worst that someone can say is no. But if you don't ask, you, you'll never get the answer. Right. So <laughs> always uh, for an opportunity, right? They exist everywhere, and. Yes. So anybody who's a part of this, feel free to reach out to us. We like it. We love it. We want some more of it. <laughs> we a, love it. There's a song in there. Um, I love LA. You keep cut, cutting out of my headphones. I, I hope it's not cutting out the recording, but it keeps cutting out over me. I hope you can hear me clearly now. There. Yeah. One, two, check. One, two. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, some wacky audio stuff going on, but maybe not out there. Oh, I Maybe it's in, in the speaker. Yeah, maybe. I haven't checked to see if anybody's commenting here because I get so busy talking. You get too involved. Hey, I forgot to ask you, too. Did um did you end up hooking up with John Monica? Yes, yes. John, our friend John Monica is a, a guitar player, singer from New Jersey, works tirelessly. Um, and always Facebook Live broadcasts. He came to New Orleans last week, and he came out to see my band on Wednesday night and Thursday night, got up and played with us both nights, and did a Facebook Live uh, both nights as well of while he was on stage and, and of just us. Um, and that was awesome. It's really cool um, to get to jam with him. A lot of fun. Um 
I think I've jammed, super talented. Yeah, I think I've jammed more with more of my friends, dude, um, since I moved here than I did in Jersey. <laughs> in Jersey? Yeah, I mean, just from people, like people that I would never have otherwise seen again or jammed with again, um, I, I have because I live in New Orleans. Because people come here. It's great. Yeah, man. Um, but uh, a thing that happened, uh, Wednesday night, um, he went and did the Facebook Live with his phone. Um, so it's broadcasting live out on Facebook, the video. And he was playing for part of it. And then for part of it, uh, he was just out there and he was filming us. And we got done with our set. And then the DJ puts on music and he was still doing Facebook Live. And he had tagged me in it. And then I got off stage and I looked and it was gone. So what happened was um, the 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 ears, the spiders, the bots, whatever you call them on Facebook, that look for uh, uh, people posting stuff that they're not supposed to be posting, copyrighted material, heard, you know, whatever song the DJ put on, it got to that speaker and, and it, it, it uh, set off the alarm, the Facebook alarm, and booted the whole thing, um, just took it down. So, oh, bummer. Yeah. So the next night he was careful to not to turn it off before the DJ music came on. But it, right. that brings up an interesting thing that's that's a big topic now that's that's still very unresolved um about cover songs online. Um they're all over YouTube, they're all over Facebook. Um they're everywhere. You know, everybody's there's covers everywhere. It's 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 very difficult to police um because there's no there's a, there's a an algorithm or like you said, they are everywhere. They're, what's that? They are everywhere. Yes. And, you, you know, not to get off topic, but it's funny you say that, too, because I can remember being down the beach, Jersey Shore, you know, on the boardwalk. Uh-huh. And as we're standing there waiting, you know, and the kids are on the rides or whatever, the music that they have playing, for whatever reason, is all songs that you know. But if you listen very carefully, they're all covers. Like someone made a cover CD of tunes specifically for the boardwalk for some kind of get around, some kind of copyright infringement or playing it privately. You know what I mean? It was very weird. It was all songs that you would know, but they were not done by the artist. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so I wonder if that ties in somehow to what you're talking about. I, I'm going to guess that it does, and I, I hope that it does. I hope that somebody was that smart and that proactive, too, to... Um, notice that a lot of people want to do Facebook Lives from where they are, but they can't do it because um, Facebook kicks them off because of the, the song. So they picked a, a workaround. That's pretty cool, man. Even if that's not it, that's a great idea to do um, for anybody. But let me ask you a question, too. How does the bot on Facebook pick up whether or not he's got a band playing a cover? Or if it's the actual song being played by the DJ. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Um, I I'm, I know there's a name for it, and somebody out there probably knows what it is. And I've I've read about it before. But there's an uh, there's a uh, an app you can use on your phone called Shazam, um, and Shazam sure um, recognizes a song, and and whatever that technology is that can do that is what Facebook uses. So it's 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 based on data, really not on the I actual identified certain tonality in what's going on right with with the with the music it's trying to identify and has some kind of algorithm that that computes it to be accurate right cuz you know if somebody's playing a cover of a song there's going to be a lot of even if you play it as close as possible as you can to the original there's still going to be some minor variances in there um with you know tone of a singer yeah, that was sonic. yeah sonic nuances too right you know what i mean Right. When you play that cover, you know, when it's being played on, you know, from the original album, it sounds exactly the same every time. So there's things in there that are not going to be an anomaly. Right. So that's why it's hard to police it on Facebook because you can't have somebody physically going through, you know, a hun a one billion people's accounts and looking for cover songs. Yeah. Um, and they're everywhere, man. I mean, I'm, you know, I see them all over the place because I'm um, associated well with a lot of groups that are related to music. 
And plus, I have Cover Band Central, and and a lot of my friends are musicians. So I see on my newsfeed constantly is mostly just people playing cover songs. Um, some there's some originals in there too, but most of my newsfeed is just music, people sharing videos. Um, and um, there's there's no way to stop it. Um, so something has to be done really um, legally. I was really dude. I was looking into. I want really wanted to do. I got the podcast bug and I really wanted to start doing a like a one hour radio show once a week where we're um, playing music um, and from people um, sending them in saying, here's my cover band and here's my song. Because I've had people send that stuff too, just audio clips. And I, I would love to get it out there and, and really start promoting some of these artists. Um, but, and I was reading a lot about this over the weekend, There's there's really no specific stipulation as to whether you're allowed to play music on a, a podcast it's not illegal but it's not legal um this because podcasting is really a relatively new thing and it was never really written into law so um the i mean it's it, it's really kind of risky right now to do because you know for us it wouldn't be too big a deal because we don't have that big of an audience. Um, so it's not going to go out, but ideally I want to have a huge audience. So if eventually it got out, and we have a million people listening, um, then that's going to perk up some ears and you know, we could hit, get hit financially big time with that potentially. Um, it's, it's so I, that really needs to kind of be cleared up, um, legally somehow. And I know there's some groups of, of, people and and people in the music industry that are behind that but it could take a while i don't know yeah and it's such a big broad you know platform to try and police right you know think about the entire internet you know what i mean there's, and there's you know there's just there's so many avenues and so many mediums that it can be you know transmitted through right not just the internet but anything like you said you know from from podcasts to uh, you, you know, like the copyright infringement, you know, it's like, where do they draw the line on what's really infringement? You know, if you're making money off of using something and you haven't paid a royalty for it, yes, I can understand that. But if you're not making any money off of using that thing, it's kind of like free advertising for the artist. If you think about it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. If, if you're not making money from it, then it, there, there's a stipulation in the law about that too. But if, if you're, Running a business, some sort of business, and you're making money from it, then you have to pay royalties. But it, it would really be in the best interest for everybody in the music industry, but especially the artists and songwriters and uh, publishing companies, that this gets worked out so that um, so they do get paid because I, I think they should. Um, if I used, if I, I'd be willing to pay, like with like with BMI, if you want to use their. Um, any of their songs in their catalog for your purposes you pay them annual fee um and that's like what clubs do um and any, anywhere that's allowed to play music they play it and pay an annual fee to ascap and, and bmi and um uh the other one i forget the name um and um i'd be perfectly willing to do that but for podcasting that that option isn't available um so it needs to be stipulated and you know, and uh, it's a win-win, I think. You know, we shall see what becomes of that. Yeah, um, I, I want. I I was considering doing something with it proactively, um, and risking it in in uh, trading for um, publicity. <laughs> um. Again, yeah, it just depends on, like you said, the audience and how big of a splash it's making in the in the in the pond, you know. Right. Because um, I was thinking, I was toying with the idea of having people send uh, their cover version of one song in particular. Like I would pick a song and say, "Everybody send your version of this song," and it would ha obviously have to be a popular song that a lot of people cover. Um, and then reaching out to the artist and the production company or the publishing company, whoever it is, or the label that owns it and saying, hey, 
we're a cover band central and this is a thing we want to do for you and for your artist. Uh, we want to make sure that you get recognized recognition and a proper payment for it, for it. But this is something we want to do. Um, and it gives, like you said, it gives publicity to the artist. And I don't know about you, man, but if I hear a cover song, especially if it's a song I never really knew before, and I hear somebody performing it really well, I'm going to go find the original too and listen to that. And, you know, maybe buy that song. Um, oh yeah, no doubt. You know, but that's, that, there's a trade off too. You know, you, you, you take it even one step removed from what you just said is if you do, you know, if you, if we were to feature cover bands on cover band central playing covers, right. Then that would maybe inspire people to go out and buy and pay for the original, you know, or listen to it. Right. But it's just, right. it's like, it's, to your point, it's so hard to police and it's just going to be an ongoing thing i i believe because you know think about it if i if i hear a band do a cover band do a really good rendition of a song and then i say man i really like that song i'm gonna go find it you can go on youtube find it uh and on most of those videos you know you can they can do the mp3 converter and save it you know to their computer and have it for free and that's that's really where the artist suffers right because there could be millions of copies of that being downloaded you know, or viewed. I mean, look at some of the videos with the views. It's it's tens of millions. You know. Yeah, that the there was a thing uh, last year. Uh, the MP3 converter. It was uh, YouTube to MP3. I used it all the time. Yeah. Um And they were they were taken down. They got shut down. So uh, right, right. Um, it was like YouTube MP3 converter dot com. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if, if there's another one out there. There probably is. I just haven't done it since then. But I'm saying those things will exist for a while before, you know it gets noticed to the point where someone's taking action against it to get it rid of it. You know, it's not overnight is all I'm saying. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so rather than trying to determine the best way to police it, how about just not police it and, and set standards for this is the way it is, write it into law, write it and, and, and get it. So everybody wins so that the artist gets their songs out there more. And the people that are covering their artists, uh, covering their songs can, do something with that too, whether it's playing there, you know, I mean, if you're playing in a band and you're playing in clubs, that's not something you have to worry about because the clubs, businesses, they, they take care of all of that stuff. Um, but if you're doing something like we're doing where I want to play, I want to be on a podcast and play other people's songs. I want, I want people to hear, I want music to be part of it. Um, but I can't do it unless there's some stipulation in the law that says that you can. Um, so, Sure, but so, but, I, but to your point too, there, the the way to get around that is like you just said by playing the covers because it's not a royalty to the artist because it's not their, it may be their no, song. No, you can't. You can't. It's not. But it's not their copywritten version no, exactly of the song. You can't do that either. You're not allowed to do it because there's the publishing is part of the law. Uh, there, there's two. Uh, two definitions it's the mechanical license or whatever they call it, which is the actual recording of the actual artist playing the actual song that the recording and then there's the the performance and policy part of it which is a whole different thing but it's still it ties it into like if you had the song on sheet music the music lyrics tempo um, key and, and that stuff and you perform it that's still a violation of copyright no, but what I, what I, I guess what I'm saying is if you if if someone performed a cover song in a bar and videotaped it and posted it up on Facebook or we used it on a podcast or they posted it to YouTube on their own if they're not making money off of that post I don't think that it's it's in violation I don't think they can come after you um well Facebook was trying to, to come down on it and there was this thing uh uh, a few months ago, it was in March, um, and it made headlines where a, a girl, a busker girl from England was playing an Ed Sheeran song, and it was just a, a clip of an Ed Sheeran song, and it was a, the video was, she posted on Facebook, and Facebook shut down her account, suspended her for three days, and um, it got back to Ed Sheeran, and he uh, he said um, it had nothing to do with him, and it probably had to do with this label, and he said he's all for people covering his songs. So the artist is, you know, championing it, but the the 
the suits don't want it happening. And uh, again, because for the artist is publicity, right? Right. If Ed Sheeran has a song and there's a thousand people on YouTube covering it, it's just a thousand more people that are going to see it, a thousand more versions of it out there. You know, it's just, it, it's saturating. But the label looks at it like that's all lost revenue, you know, and that's, that's always right. been the big debate between the artist and the label right right? or the artist and the representation the artist is the talent you know and that they they do what they do and they they, that's what they have to focus on doing they can't get involved with the money aspect of it and all the management and booking the gigs and all that because when you get to that level that's what you you know you're you have to be at your creative best and you have to be in that zone all the time so you can't be distracted by all those business things and that's why yeah you know other people get involved and like you said they just you may not even know all the, the business end of it. Right. Um, but I hope it gets, I, I'd be willing to be the poster child maybe of that and come out. I'd love to get that much publicity. That would be awesome. Um, and bring this topic to the forefront and have it be at least addressed more and hopefully resolved um, in the music industry. Um, so having this platform, dude, it's possible. And having this idea, you know, I, I thought like, what if I picked an Ed Sheeran song and said, everybody send me the cover of this Ed Sheeran song and I'll have maybe a little contest um, and get people to vote and make it uh, an event. And actually, I'll contact Ed Sheeran and contact his label and say, I represent Cover Band Central. Here's my idea. Here's what I want to do. I think this is a win-win for everybody. You guys on board or what? Um, and that would be pretty cool if that worked. <laughs> And I didn't get in trouble. And central in court. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's the risk. That's the risk. But, you know, if I did everything, took the proper steps, like contacting the publishing company, contacting the label, contacting the artist and saying, here's my idea. um, At least I have the documentation to show that. Now, of course, if they came back to me and said, no, you can't do it, then obviously I would have to not do it. Um, I'm doing it anyway. Right. See, that's where I could get in trouble. <laughs> a big I'm sure they come and they tell you just, you know, immediately cease and desist from doing what you're doing. Right. You continue, they will, you know, pursue you. It's typically not they come to your house, you know, to arrest you th- that day. Yes. There's usually some sort of forewarning telling you to, that you need to, you know, you need to stop with that activity immediately. Mm. Yes. Or thugs will come to my house and throw me in an unmarked white van. That's right. Never to be seen again. Right. Um, So, uh, yeah, that's a big thing. Um, So for now, I think people are fine with, I mean, it's got to be where people are fine with posting covers because they're everywhere and nobody's getting in trouble. So just keep doing it. I just can't do it on the podcast yet. Not yet, but soon, coming soon. Soon. Time will tell. Because I'd love to have a radio show where like, hi, this is Steve Woodrell here at the... With your top ten hits of the week, hey. number ten, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Ed Sheeran, a cover of Ed Sheeran's "Thinking Out Loud" by, by, by Clanky Lincoln. Coming your Clanky way. <laughs> I would love to do that. Just be a kind of DJ for an hour, whatever. Yeah. With, well, with dude, just do it until they start knocking on the door, man. Yeah, that's risky, man. Because they you can they can go back. Risk. You know, once well, once we make our first million here. um, then it's you know you're it's a different ball game, but until then we can do whatever we want. But they could go back and say, "Oh well, back in 2017, June of 2017, Episode yes, <laughs> you played this song, and we want now we want our pay for it." We would welcome that attention for that, sure. That million dollars, now yeah, give it to us. <laughs> good problem to have. It would be good. There's no such thing as bad publicity. No. Um, so, um, but good stuff, you know, and getting back to earlier, what you were saying about, you know, getting yourself out there and the passion to doing it and the excitement. Uh, I wanted to touch on, I saw Iron Maiden. Oh yes. Uh, yes. You saw me and I saw your pictures or pictures that somebody took. Yeah. Last Thursday I went with Steve and, and Joe Bergamini, who's his birthday and his son Nicholas. And we went and that uh, was a great time and ghost opened for, for Maiden and we, we we were there early enough to catch them, and I'd never seen them before. Knew very little about them, but it was very cool. Straight ahead, like rockers from Sweden. It was it was it was heavy, but it wasn't like Swedish metal. But it was cool. It was very very well produced, and the sound was great. And then 
you know, Iron Maiden came out and I mean, these guys are on like a, I think the tour is 117 shows over a year and a half and it ends in July. So they've been on the road for a year and a half. So they're tight. They're polished. I mean, sure. They are super high energy, you know, million dollar stage fire, big Eddie on stilts coming out. I mean, like everything you would expect at, at a maiden show, but you know, Bruce Dickinson or everybody, I mean, top, top notch, top of their game. And they got to be pushing 60, you know, and still doing it and running around the stage. I mean, Bruce Dickinson running laps, putting on, you know, the, the, the big heavy British coat with the flag when he comes out, you know, and they're doing the trooper. And it was just really good, really good show. That's so awesome. testament to those guys for, you know, the 40 years they've probably almost been touring for and, and still out there, still doing it, uh, you know, bigger than ever. Huge show, big production, and they sounded great. You know, like I said, Bruce Dickinson sounded great. And, you know, it was awesome. All old school, big wedge monitors up on the stage. You know, he's got his foot up on the monitor like you would want to see him. And right. All big monitors on the stage. No in-ears, you know, at all. I didn't see not one guy with in-ear monitors, including Bruce. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Those guys are, uh, like you said, old school. And-, and, and they're all, their guitars were all plugged in. Except Steve Harris, he had a wireless because he was running around with no cord. But all the other guys in the band had like two hundred foot guitar cords. <laughs> but see, that's puzzling to me. Why would you want to have a cable? Dude, but I'm telling you, the way the stage was set up, there would be like you'd see an arm come out from under the curtain and grab like the cord and do like the old snap, like the whip, right, like, right, you know, like to untangle it, you know, because it was wrapped around something. And it was like the guys would run all over the stage. I don't know how it was possible, man. They must have had like a five hundred foot cord on that guitar because he was like, and then you know. Um, he's throwing up in the air like 20 30 feet in the air and then catching it and it was just it was just such a fun show it was really good wow why yeah. would you want to have a cord with the <laughs> and it all corded but bruce dickinson man he must have ran like a mile if not more over the course of the night he did not stand still he was running up and down the platforms and all around disappearing and coming out in different costumes and it was just it was cool it's awesome. Yeah, kudos to those guys. I saw some video from that show that you were at because so, a lot of people, a lot of my friends were there that I know from Jersey. Um, oh. And um, a lot of pe- a couple of people shot some Facebook Live, so I was watching some of that. And they're great, man. I, I saw them many, many times, especially back in their heyday. And uh, it looks like, it seems like they're still doing kind of the same show that they've done forever. But yeah, I'm sure some songs are different, but... Um, there's some songs that they play every time. There's a lot of them. Yeah, it was a pretty eclectic set because they're they're on their you know this um, Book of Souls tour, so they played a lot of material off the new new Maiden album. Oh, okay. you know, but, they, but they hit all the all the classics. You know, the first encore was Number of the Beast, and then uh, Wasted Years. They played um, you know Trooper. They played Power Slave. Um, they, they played a lot, of, a lot of good tunes. Awesome. Yeah, it was good. Children of the Damned. I mean, it was a good set. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Maiden fan. I was Steve Harris was one of my first bass influences when I was a youngin. Oh yeah, no, they cranked, and like I said, they had to have fifty uh, people backstage. You know, between sound engineers and stagehands and people working stuff. And I mean, they were giant, they were blowing up this giant Eddie head, and then they blew up this giant like devil head, and I'm you know, like fifty, sixty feet tall, like made them look like ants on the stage you know <laughs> it was a super elaborate uh show but to that point what was cool is we sat on the side of the stage and we were pretty close so we got to see all of the behind the scenes oh cool so, you know so like when bruce dickinson would disappear um here's he made in the way their stages it's like it's, it's carved out like a bowl right so like Nick goes in the middle on the drums and then he's got a platform completely surrounding him and then it hooks around like a boomerang on either side of the stage. So Bruce Dickinson can get up onto that top platform and he can run around, but he accesses it from the back of the stage. And it looks like a big, it was like a Mayan temple was the uh, theme, you know, <laughs> so it was all like stones and stuff, but That's it's all cool. curtains. So he would disappear behind the curtain and the audience couldn't see him. But from where we were, we could see all of the backstage activities. You know, you could see him getting drink water. You could see him changing his costume. You could see him getting a different microphone. It was cool. Nice. Yeah, and you get to see all the guys behind stage, too, what they're doing, you know, while the band's playing. All the different activities. Like I said, the guys flipping cables. These guys are unpacking stuff to blow up. Different theatrics. There's a guy running fire uh, props. It was smoke machines, fog. It was cool. 
It's awesome, dude. I, you know, it, it makes me think of like when I was a kid, and you're probably the same way. But I, when I was a kid, going to see concerts all the time, I wasn't the, the the kid that was like going crazy and yelling and being just like whatever. I mean, I would enjoy myself and sing along with songs, but I always kind of just watched and tried to absorb everything that was going on. And you having that vantage point, I probably would have done the same thing. Like, watch backstage. How does this thing tick? You know, and that's uh, that's fun, man. And what was really cool, too, was Bruce, you know, at one point in the show, he said, you know, he said, we've been doing this, like he said, for 40 years. He said, this is six guys up here playing instruments live in front of you right now. There's no tracks. There's no sequencers. There's no hidden stuff. There's no background vocals. He's like, not like all these pop music from today where it's all, as in his words, bullshit, <laughs> you know? He's like, we're playing real classic metal, you know, for you guys, as we've always done, and we're performing it. And we're all, you know, live on our instruments. Yeah. That deserves applause. Yeah, man. And that's, and that's crazy when he said it, too, because it's truth, you know? Yeah, and that's great. And that's a big thing that uh, we try to in, in enforce and enforce. Um, just promote and uh, champion, not enforce it. You have to play live. I mean, you can't enforce it. play live or you'll be punished. <laughs> Uh, but championing that the, the live music thing because there is a certain energy that comes with that that doesn't uh, you can't experience any other way. Well, well said because that's exactly what it was. High energy, you know, two guitars, bass, drums, Bruce up there. It was just it was uh, y you know it was it was great. It was it was fat. You know, it was full sounding. It was just uh, you know, like you said, it was just that classic. It was a performance. You know, it was a it was a band playing a true performance as was ghost too you know just not at the same level of energy as as maiden you know uh, of course and everyone's there to see you know maiden but you know when ghost opened up the place was half full they had a good good amount of people there you know the floor was was three quarters full uh, of people already for that so it was, it was a good night overall it was a lot of fun and i got to hang out with some old friends and had a really good time nice good deal and uh you didn't play this weekend, though, right? No, I did not. I was no. off. Um, <clears throat> um, cool. I was. I, I took Saturday off and went to see my mom for her birthday. Oh, nice! Happy birthday! Yeah. And then came back. I came back Sunday and played Sunday night. Cool thing about Sunday night, dude, that I did want to tell you about. Um, I, you know, I've talked about it with you on this show. Uh, that we have a, a singer in the band who's relatively new and he's bringing in a lot of new songs, especially more current than what we've done. Um, so yeah. 90 songs, 2000 songs. I actually had a girl last weekend too, um, 21, 22 years old, maybe. Um, she's very young. And she just came up to the stage and just screamed at me and she goes, 90s, play 90s. <laughs> so that's really what's working much better better than it ever has here anyway um so some so some of the old tired songs that we played forever aren't really working as well as they used to and so on sunday we played four brand new songs with him that we hadn't played before as a band and that is a rare thing for us at that club um at the swamp because uh we have so many songs that we already play that work all the time. Um, so bringing in new material and that many songs in one night is a, it's a big thing. It's a big deal. And not being able to rehearse the songs, everybody has to learn it, show up to the gig and know it, including vocal parts. Um, I think we did a very good job. Um, so that's pretty exciting. I, like, I love playing new songs in, with the band. It, it just brings a whole new freshness to everything. Uh, and what's important to remember, too, is that you're paying attention to the audience and, you know, as the the the, the tide shifts, so to speak, you know, to different things, you, you have your, you know, you got to be have your finger on the pulse uh, of what is, you know, the next thing that people are going to be looking for, you know, that will work. And then, like you said, adapting that into, you know, a framework that has existed and been the same for, you know, for a long time. Right. So that that's super exciting and super cool that. You get to you know see the evolution of that and the changes that that drive that you know yeah yeah it's fun and uh, it, yeah it's really it's really a kick man when we play a song for the first time and everybody does it great it makes you really appreciate your other band members 
that much more. Um, it gives you a whole new love for it again. And there's, yeah, and there's something to be said for that first time doing it. You know what I mean? Because everyone's hyper aware of their part because you haven't played it yet. You know, it's right. not comfortable. So sometimes it sounds even better than it may sound further down the road because you have that initial, yeah, you know, excitement and energy. Yeah, it's it's the uh, it's the new romance with a song. That's right. <laughs> it really is. It's like this, because you do kind of fall in love with playing some stuff. So it's like the first time you do it, it's like ooh, you get that feeling of a first love. Like ooh, oh yeah. Who is that? Where have you been? You song, <laughs> you beautiful song. Where have you been all these years? <laughs> I want to take you out again. How's tomorrow? Your old songs are like you suck. <laughs> yeah, and the, well, you could still go back to the old songs. But you, can, you could always go back to them. And the great thing <laughs> is that the old songs will still love you. They'll and want still to be love you. They'll still love They're for how long until you've paid attention to them? They still come back. <laughs> They'll still come back because there's a familiarity there. Right. Um, you know, you don't have to learn anything new about each other. You already know everything about each other. You just go back and play that song again. And it's like, yeah. you know, putting on an old shoe. That's right. And the next song can be a brand new one. <laughs> the whole roller coaster of evening of, of romance and fun. Right. you got to be careful not to play two new songs by the same artist, though, because then they could there could be a little bit of a battle between those two songs. That yes, might they not, uh, they could get jealous of each other, and uh, then that creates a whole bunch of drama. Drama. And you don't want drama. no drama. drama. <laughs> no drama. Uh, okay. <laughs> that made me laugh. So, anyway, very important to have you know romantic connections with your songs. Yes, fall in love with playing, man. It's great. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's so funny because I, I, I had a friend of mine who said to me, you know, I have rehearsal tonight. And I said, oh, awesome, man. I said, you know, good for you. To enjoy it. You know, have a good time tonight. And he says, yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's really going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I said, think about it this way. It's, you know, it's a two-hour escape from reality because you're in another dimension. Yeah. You know, you're in another place entirely. You won't be thinking about anything to do with your life while you are playing that music. Right. Except being present in that very moment, and that is the coolest thing about making music, you know, is that it's 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 uh, it's a sacred space. Yes, and it does put you into that practice of being present, which is very important in life. Absolutely, and you can just see that the 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 joy in you know in, in my buddy sharing that with me. You know, it wasn't like oh, I got to go to rehearsal. I'm going to rehearsal tonight, you know, it was like that excitement and that spark, you know, this is at like five o'clock, you know, this afternoon and, you know, after working a full day and, you know, off to, off to the races tonight with just as much energy as you woke up with this morning, if not more, you know, because it's something that you're really passionate about and enjoy doing. And it's fun. Yeah. You got to love it, man. For sure. I do. I still do. I'm still very so grateful that I get to do this as often as I do, man. It's crazy. It's almost, it's very surreal, you know, and I have to try to remain present all the time as much as possible to really um, process it all because it's a lot to process what I do. Oh, yeah. So rather than thinking about it, I just stay present and enjoy it most of the time. If you were a drummer and had to use all your limbs and, and all parts of your brain. Right. <laughs> well, I I tap my foot. Does that count? As long as it's in time, you get extra credit for that, sir. Sure. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's good. Uh, um, good stuff. So I still have this list, dude, that we started talking about last week, the problems and challenges that people... Um, <laughs> good thing to bring up with like a, a well, 10 minutes left in the show. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we just like talk about one or two of them every week? Cool. You know, we'll make this a part of because uh, I think this is a thing that will resonate with a lot of people. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we could just knock off one or two, see how it goes, you know. But uh, let's address it. It, it. We talked about last week the big one that everybody was saying was uh, getting gigs. And um, I think we talked about getting people together to rehearse to. Um, how um, some tips yep. on that. Yeah. Um, so uh, next, the next one is that was common 
a common answer was finding musicians that are stable uh, enough to play. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see in two hours when we stop talking about this. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, where the stable guys are the best players, though. Yeah. So, I mean, where do you even start with this, though? Um, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean that, if you have five guys in the band or five individuals in the band and, you know, one is just not on board and is just not aligned with, the, you know, he might be the greatest player in the world, but if you can't depend on him, you know, and, and it, it, it's a, you know, this might be flaky or late or not showing up or not returning phone calls or coming to rehearsals unprepared or, you know, struggling with things on gigs sometimes, you know, from a communication standpoint. But when, you know, but plays phenomenal, you know, that's that's sometimes a difficult dynamic to digest within the group, you know, and it has to be a collective conversation about if that's something that you can, you know, you can everyone's willing to tolerate. Right. Um, yeah, but in it, our industry too, right, right, Steve? It's not like you know. There's you, you meet a lot of interesting individual people because they're artists, you know, and everyone's unique and individual. And you know, some people are eccentric, and some people are more down to earth, and some people are really grounded and and you know, really have their act together and are buttoned up. And you know, you meet all kinds, you know, just like all walks of life. Right. So again, it's almost like whatever's meant to be will be. Uh, if it's meant to be. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to get to the heart of what thinking, what like, of what people, the way people said it, like it's hard to find somebody that's stable in this band or, or, or any band. And there's no one answer. I, I, you know, we've all dealt with this, um, in one capacity or another. Um, if, if you played for a while, especially, I adopted the attitude a long time ago where it's every man for himself. Um, if it's not my band and I'm not in, I don't have any control over uh, any sort of decision making. Um, I just make sure I take care of me and I do my part in whatever it is I have to do for the situation um, because somebody is always going to be a problem. I ran a band here for a while for a year and a half um, last, you know, it was started a little over two years ago here and it was my band. I was in control of it and I had to hire people and fire people. And, um, I don't, I don't really like that job <laughs> and I was good at it because I've been a manager before in my regular job life. I, I ran a lot of businesses. Um, so I know all the important things that you need to do and practice as that, but it's still, you know, I was using, I used probably 10 different drummers in that band. Um, at least 10 different singers, probably more. Uh, yeah. So. And what do you think drove that, that turnover? Uh, I, different reasons for different people. Um, some people just were, not coming to the table with what they needed to do. Um, some people had conflicting schedules with other things. Um, uh, I, there was a person, there was a time, <laughs> this is terrible that I'm telling the story, but I'm going to anyway. I hired a singer. I'm not going to say who it is, but I, I hired a singer, um, to come and sub one night. And that singer started drinking before we started playing. And it was a weekend night and which is a long night for us. We do five sets. Um, and, the singer was clearly drunk by, you know, towards the end of the second set. And we do three in a row and then we break for a half hour and then come back and do two. And the singer was slurring words, screwing up lyrics, um, tripping on the stage. And when we went on break, I had to tell the singer, you're done for the night. That's it. I'm cutting you off right now. Um, and that singer was not happy with me but I had to make a, an executive decision at that point for the greater good uh, because people noticed and it was embarrassing. <laughs> and how did you then finish off the evening? Well, I, I had, uh, the, we had one other singer who was singing and 
uh, the guitar player in the band sings, and I sing uh, a little bit, and uh, we just covered it. We covered the rest of the night. And, uh, hey, whatever you got to do. Yeah. So that is, you know, just one case where I had to deal with a, what is the wording here? Stable musician. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, the, the, they were talking about finding them, find one. Let me find a stable musician. Um, you can find them, but keeping them is another story too. Um, so it's all, uh, you deal with it as, as different things happen and you learn from them. Um, but you, you try, you keep trying. And, and, and if, if you're having trouble finding a band with stable musicians, then you're just not trying hard enough. You got to keep, keep trying until you find it because you will, because there's plenty of them out there. Yeah. And there's also a lot of people that are looking for bands to get into, but, um, you know, there's just a lot of musicians out there that are, you know, I think to your point, they are out there, but a lot of the more stable musicians, as you would say, are in some sort of stable group, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the guys that are in, you know, that are coming, looking to get into bands are usually, you know, um, not as committed, I would say, sometimes because they may be a freelance guy, like you said, or a guy looking to pick up a gig, or if someone's looking to get into a band, um, again, you know, you have to make sure the personalities work and the guy could be the greatest player, but what's the level of commitment? You know, I mean, I think a guy who's got A plus chops and A plus feel and is a great player, but is a difficult personality, uh, you know, versus a guy who's a, a B plus player in all those you know uh categories but it has a great attitude and, and is a team player you know and is rowing in the same direction as the rest of the band and that's the guy you're going to want right. right i think a, a simple answer to this too is about finding stable mu stable musicians if that's what you want to do be a stable musician and you will attract other stable musicians law of attraction you will you will uh, find those people and yes. resonate with them and they will resonate with you. So be it whatever it is that you want, that you're looking for, be that. Do those things. Well said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we could have just said that and moved on. <laughs> uh, Duly noted. Let's, let's plow through five or six more. Then. But let's go. Got, well, we, we can do one more. Uh, let me see if I can get... Um, See, I'm looking at all these, and none of them to me will be a short answer. Um, <laughs> um, all right, but I'm going to go in order because I really kind of put this in order of priority too. Um, the problems, challenges uh, musicians face, another one of them is getting people to the show. That's a big one that came up. Oh, yeah. How do you get people to come see you play? Um, how do you do it in your band? Well, I think it's a variety of different things, right? Depending on what your band is all about, the age of the people in your band, and where you're going to play and how you're trying to play will greatly influence the type of people that you're going to bring to the gig, right? I can remember playing with Eye of the Storm back in the early 90s and doing the debut, you know, we had original, we had two albums of the material, we had recorded a bunch of stuff, and we were we were playing like the first string of like 10 gigs out live, you know, and we had worked out deals at clubs to play the entire night. We're going to bring people. And, you know, it's funny, the story, because we played this place. Our first gig was at uh, this bar called Uncle Roy's and everyone's excited to come and see it. You know, so long, real long story short, 200 people come. We charged money at the door. They drank the place dry by like 11 o'clock. It was almost like a riot situation. Oh, then boy. subsequently, like the three or four gigs that followed that had the same type of scenarios to where, as comical as it sounds, we were saying, we were approaching club owners and saying, you need to be prepared. There's going to be like 200 people coming and they're going to drink you out of all your liquor by like midnight. And they would laugh and be like, ha ha, yeah, well, I wish every band could be like that, you know. And sure enough, you know, by the end of the night, they're, they're blowing dust off of old Budweiser cases out of the back corner somewhere because they're just out of beer. You know, there's just there's nothing left except hard liquor. Wow. Um, so, so when you're in, in that type of scenario where 
it's new and it's fresh and it's exciting and you're you're young and all your friends are want something to do, you know, it's easy to bring a lot of people, you know. And then as time progresses and you know, people get older and they get families and they have kids and then their you know, then their life dynamic changes, they're not out, you know, supporting their friend in the band that often anymore. But there's plenty of people out there outside of your circle of influence that will. So typically, you know, what we do is you know, we do some advertising, but most of the places we play, like I said, are private events, right? So there's already going to be a built-in crowd of people there that right. are there right. and right. are excited to have the band there, you know? So you're already ahead of the game because you're not bringing people, so to speak. Uh, the other way is, too, is, you know, if there's people in the club, you know, is the play the songs that are going to keep them there, sure. you know, and at a volume that's not killing people's ears. So they want to stay and they can have conversations and they can drink, but they're enjoying the band, you know, and if the band is good, that's fairly easily accomplished. Sure. That's been, you know, pretty much what we do. You know, we have videos online and we have a website and, you know, we work with different, you know, clubs and, and to get the gigs. And, you know, once you've played places, I mean, we're at a point now where, we can kind of choose if we want to play there or not. You know, we don't have to play there, so to speak. And if it has a built-in crowd or we know that the demographic of the neighborhood that we're going to play in, if it's not a private party, we'll have people that have heard of us, then you're more than likely to get people there. Right. And I think the biggest thing is, like you said, to develop a following. You know, if you're playing a club scene and you're playing it regularly and you're good, you know, people are going to want to come out and see you. Yes. And especially if you're not spread too thin, like, you know, playing the tri-state area like i'm playing this club in connecticut this week and then next week i'm over here and tomorrow night we're down in south jersey you know you're all over the place which you know there's a different mindset we could touch upon in another episode of you know what is better is it better to play a bunch of clubs in a small demographic area and get a good local following going where you, you know you generate a bunch of buzz and people or is it better to play a more wide uh geographical area and get your name out there over the you know in a, in a more broad sense. Right. But, right. you know, to bring people, it's just, uh, it's advertising, it's word of mouth, and it's having a good product. And a lot of times, like you said, it, it just depends on uh, on the the luck uh, of, of the day as well, you know? Yeah, you never know. But do everything you can. Definitely utilize, we talk about this a lot, utilize all the social media that's out there to build your following. Use Twitter, use uh, Facebook pages, have a website, um, and put content up. You got to keep people engaged. So put other anything up. Make short videos of your band re rehearsing. Um, take pictures of things. Uh, talk about the history of one of the members. You could, if you really wanted to, you could post something on your page, your music page, every day, even if you're not playing. Um, you could take old pictures. You know, here's a picture of Mark when he was six years old hold, holding a toy guitar. Um, you know, anything that's going to get people engaged, even if you get one like on it, then you've won. You're doing something, you're doing your job. So um, that's a great way to build your following social media. It's free. It's easy. It doesn't take a lot of time. And that will help you get people to your gigs, period. There's no way it can't. Um, so that's a big thing to do as well in this day and age, man. Yeah, and, and at the gig, have some sort of promotional material, a business card, a postcard, something that people could take if they like you, you know, and they direct them to, like you said, Facebook page or a website or some way to to stay in touch with you and follow you and, and, you know, and they'll come and see you again. You know, we've seen people come to shows where, you know, over a pretty large demographic area we had for a while, there's people that would follow us from, from club to club because they just had a good time, you know, and they were looking for something to do. And it was within, you know, a 45-minute drive of where they lived. And they said, you know what, let's go. Right. Awesome. Um, bottom line, I would say believe in yourself. Believe in your product. Believe in what you're doing. Um, and keep going because you're going to hit stumbling blocks. It's always going to happen. Uh, but it makes you grow. It makes you learn. And even if you've been around for 30 years or 40 years playing, you never stop learning. You never stop coming across obstacles that you have to overcome. Um, so you just keep doing it. If you love it, it's going to work. It will. It has to. Yeah, and keep knocking on the doors, and, you know, and one will open, and, you know, you may experience many defeats, but you can never be defeated. Yes, well said, my friend. 
Yeah. With that, wrap up Caravan Central Wisdom Hour. I love that it's the Wisdom Hour, dude. It's that. It really is the Wisdom Hour. Number 10. Caravan Central on Facebook. Tony's band is. Wisenheimers.com. Always a pleasure, my friend. Until next week, Caravan Central Wisdom Hour. Spread the word. We'll be on iTunes soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.